good morning and welcome to our service on Christmas Eve. I wish you all a Merry Christmas Eve and a Merry Christmas tomorrow. Somebody was wishing me like a Merry Christmas Eve Eve yesterday, and I was like, this is too much. But it's not really too much, but I was just like, I've never heard that before. But it is so good to have all of you here. It's great to have Jordan Potter here. He just walked in, and I was just like, oh, my goodness, it's amazing. It's good to have all of our Bible college kids back, Cassie and Cade. It's good to have Corey as well with us and Aiden. Thankful Aiden's safe. And uh, also one of our, I, why am I talking? I just start talking and things happen. But somebody else was in a car accident that was on my youth camp team last year, and he was all right. So I was like, wow, I'm just not driving anywhere anymore. So uh, so good to have all of you here. We have a couple announcements. Tonight's service is at 5 p.m., okay? So don't show up at 6. I mean, you can, but it'll mostly be over. So the candlelight service tonight is at 5 p.m., and uh, we will have one service next Sunday. Okay, so one service next Sunday in the morning. There'll be no evening service. No Wednesday night here as well uh, this coming week. And uh, we will, our, again, just in case we're all on the same page, tonight's service starts at 5 p.m. Okay? So please remember that because I don't want to be blamed for nobody remembering that. So hope you all have had a great week at this time. We will have two fantastic young men reading our Advent reading. Love is the true meaning of <clears throat> sorry. Love is the true meaning of Christmas. Jesus came to earth because he loved us. He loved us so much that he gave all of himself to us as a sacrifice so that we could be redeemed to him. John 3:16 said, "For God so loved the world that he gave, he gave no that he gave only his begotten son." Love is more than an emotion that feels good. Love is an act of the will and is who God is. 1 John 4, 7-8 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love God, does not love, does not know God, because God is love. The true mark of a Christian is love. If we don't love, we can't be like Christ, because he is love. 1 John 4, 11 tells us, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Christianity is a religion of love, and that love comes from God, who manifests his love to us when he sent his son Jesus into this world as a little baby in a manger in Bethlehem. Luke, 10, Luke 2, 10 through 11 tells us, And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So today, on this fourth Sunday of Advent, we celebrate the love of God. This last candle that we light represents God, lo God's love to all humans. The love of God came to us wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger, and then 33 years later, that same love died on a rugged cross for my sins and for yours. Let's celebrate that love today and rejoice knowing that God is love and that he cares for everyone. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, the whole meaning of Christmas can be explained in one little four-letter word, love. You sent your gift of pure love to us that first Christmas. Love descended from heaven to be born of a virgin. Love lay in the scratchy hay of a manger in a meager barn in Bethlehem. All of your love, God, was robed in, in the delicate skin of a baby and wrapped in swaddling clothes. This final week of Advent helps us to reflect on the magnitude of love that was made manifest in Jesus. You are King of kings and Lord of lords, Messiah and, Messiah and ruler of all. Yet you came as not a lion, 
but as a lamb. You came as an innocent baby whose purpose was to walk this earth in complete love and then to sacrificially give your life as an atonement for the sins of your children. Emmanuel, God with us, love in the form of a man. There is no greater gift than this, that a man should lay down his life for his friends. You willingly gave the gift of your life because of your love. Your righteous blood covered our sin. You redeem and restore us when we confess you as Lord and Savior of our life. In that moment, you give us the gift of your love for all eternity. We receive grace upon grace and mercy upon mercy in that moment. The greatest gift of all came that first Christmas. It wasn't wrapped in a beautiful package and set under a decorated tree. The greatest gift came wrapped in the flesh of a baby, Jesus, and laid in the rough wood of a manger. Our purpose gift, I mean our perfect gift, would later be rewrapped in the scars of our sin and nailed to the rugged wood of a cross on Calvary, all because of love. Father, this final week of Advent, fill our hearts and minds with the significance of that truth. Thank you, Lord, for loving us enough to send Jesus. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. This morning, Merry Christmas, and we rejoice for the Lord has come. Let's sing together and let's worship him. He's worthy. The first
worship you. We thank you, God, that you came to this earth in our form. You took on our humanity. You came, Lord, to show us so many wonderful things. I'm going to talk about those in a moment, but we worship you this morning. Thank you, dear Lord, for what this time of the year means in our lives as Christians. We thank you, dear Father, that you didn't leave us as orphans. We thank you, Father, that you came in the form of Jesus and that you went to an old rugged cross and died for our redemption. We, Lord, that had turned our backs on you and walked away from you. We that had disobeyed you, humanity, disobeyed your commands. You gave us a perfect world to live in without sin. It was a wonderful place. But we, dear Lord, decided to defile it by being disobedient. We suffer the consequences of that. We realize that, Lord, this morning. But yet your plan, dear Father, wasn't to leave us just this way in our sin. You came to die for us. You came, dear Lord, to give us eternal life. And we thank you, Father, that you did that. And so, Lord, as we stand here this morning and worship you and bow down, dear Father, in honor of you, we also come, Lord, praising you for who you are, knowing, Lord, that what you did for us we did not deserve, but we're grateful this morning from the very depths of our hearts that you loved us enough to come, dear Lord, to us. Now, Lord, I pray that you will bless um, those that have made their way here on this Christmas Eve service today. I pray, oh God, that our hearts will be filled with that gratitude and praise as we go back to our homes with our families and friends and celebrate this wonderful time of the year by giving, dear Lord, gifts um, representing the wonderful gift that you gave us in Jesus. So, Lord, may we just take this day, Lord, Lord to be reminded of what you've done for us and who you are and to bow and worship and honor and magnifying you. Lord, you know those that can't be with us this morning. I pray for Penny from the hospital this week. I pray, oh God, that you'll touch her. Pray, dear Lord, for Brooke, who's not doing well at all this morning. I pray, oh God, that you'll reach down and touch her this morning in a very special way. Others, Lord, in our own immediate family that aren't here because of sickness and probably others, Lord, that aren't here because of the same thing. And I pray, oh God, that you'll reach down and touch them on this Christmas Eve. Thank you, dear Lord, for all of your blessings in our life. Thank you, dear Lord, for our families. Thank you, dear Lord, for our friends. Thank you for our church family, Lord. We're so grateful for those um, of our family that care for us and pray for us and show compassion and love for us. Lord, we're blessed people this morning, so we honor you. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated.
Um, thank you for giving this morning. I failed to mention that, that we also take up our missions offering for our missionaries, and that was uh, for this morning. It's also online, and if you want to give online, you can do that. If you, you know, forgot your checkbook, and we don't seem to have many of those anymore, um, so it's a lot, a lot easier to do it that way, or cash. But if you brought your money, and, you for, and, and I forgot to remind you, uh, so you probably forgot too, possibly. Some of you, our missions president didn't, and thank God Travis didn't either. Um, the offering plate will be back there on the back, okay? That goes to our Bible Methodist missionaries, all right, uh, for Christmas. And it's always, that, that money goes for next year. Uh, last year's money is for this year. It's just kind of the way they do it. They collect it now. So again, the plates will be back there on the back ledge. When you go out, if you want to drop your money in there, uh, we've get, we give online. It seems to be a lot easier, so you can do that.
Mark. Beautiful song. I, it, it, I shudder to think that he had to come to our world. Uh, you, you know, because of us, he, he had to come, or didn't have to, but he chose to. And, uh, but welcome. Yes, I'm so thankful that he's here this morning. And I'm grateful that he sent his spirit um, into this world to, so that we can feel his presence and have his comfort in our lives and the strength that he provides for us and the convicting power of the Holy Spirit that deals with our, with our, with our sin. And I am grateful for that. So again, tonight at 5 p.m., we'll have our, um, our evening um, candlelight communion service. And uh, I wish to encourage you, it's at 5 p.m. We should definitely be done by 6. Um, and you can be home if you have Christmas Eve. And I know some of you can't come. You have family already here, and you celebrate on, on Christmas Eve. And I fully understand that. We're giving you an opportunity to come as a family if you'd like to participate in communion tonight. So it's for those that can make it and that love to have you come and, and participate. It's going to be, I think it's going to be a real touching service, and I'm looking forward to it this evening um, to celebrate. Most of my family got sickness in our family, and our daughter Brooke's not doing well at all, and uh, so may have to end up at the med check here today, I'm afraid, and uh, then we found Steve not feeling well, and so I guess we're all going to have whatever they've got, and, uh, but that's, what's, that's what Christmas is all about, isn't it? Sharing, and uh, so I just tell the kids, just don't tell anybody you're sick. Don't tell your siblings you're sick, okay? Just come. We'll all get it together. We'll be happy. And um, that's kind of the way it is at Christmas. Well, we're glad you're here. We just want to wish you all a Merry Christmas and pray it's just the best. Um, tomorrow, some of you have already opened up gifts, and you that will be opening up gifts probably this evening. Pray that this be a wonderful, wonderful day. Again, an occasion of giving um, in the right sense. The, the gifts that we got for one another to show our love for each other. And uh, uh, so we're looking forward to that. And of course, with now um, eight, uh, let's see, and number nine's on the way, so eight, right, grandchildren. Um, the, we're running out of space on our, on our, our uh, fireplace mantle, and uh, that's a good thing. And I'm trying to get it separated the right way, and my OCD got in the way today. But anyway... Um, we're looking forward to that time with our family in just a few moments after we leave here, and I'm sure you're doing the same. But before that, we're going to look at God's Word. And of course, the subject is love, and this last um, uh, candle that's uh, made it through Christmas, almost. It's broken two or three places, and I hope it stays up uh, the whole service through. Uh, it's been moved around and dropped and all those kind of things, but it's, this, it's the last candle, and it represents God's love. And there's no, uh, more, there's no greater joy from a pastor's perspective than to preach on the love of Christ. Now, you can imagine how many sermons I have on love already. After 35 years of doing this, I have a lot of sermons on love. And so I just thought, you know, i got company here, family. I'll just go, and I'll take the, an, an older sermon that, that on love that I've had, and I'll just kind of redo it, and um, it'll, it'll all, everybody will be happy, right? Uh, that's, I couldn't do that. Um, I just look forward to the, and the Lord would not let me away. This thing needs to turn on. The Lord would not let me away from, um, from this subject and what he wanted me to preach on. Man, well, there it is. And what he wanted me to preach on. And uh, from a different perspective. 
that I hadn't preached on in, in the past. So take your Bibles out and turn with me to Luke chapter 1, and we're going to begin reading at verse 26, and we'll read down through verse 35. I want us to stand together. <clears throat> After I'm done reading, I want you to take a... Everybody stand together. Yeah, don't be bashful. We're going to stand and honor God's word, and after that, we're going to wish each other a Merry Christmas, all right? So just going to go around and, and shake hands, fist bump, whatever you want to do after our COVID stuff. You know, I don't know how we handle it anymore, but do what you do. If you want to hug one another, that's okay. That'd be all right, too. And uh, we're just going to wish each, wish each other a happy uh, Merry Christmas. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed, to a man whose name was Joseph, the house of David, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and he said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called the Holy Son of God. May God add his blessings to the reading of his word. Wish each other a Merry Christmas. So wonderful to see Nate and Diane with us, and the boys. What a blessing. And uh, Mark was telling me he's coming over here. Uh, it was a funny story. I got to share it with you. He'd love to, too. I just got to share it. He was telling the boys if they saw a deer that he'd give them, what was it, $5? And uh, they didn't see any. And he said, well, if we get right to the field at church, somewhere out here, if we see one, if you see one, I'll up the, the ante to $20. I think I'm correct. Guess what? I could have told him there's deer in this field all the time. And sure enough, one of these guys, I don't know which one did, spotted that deer. And so congratulations for the $20, all right? You make sure he pays up. Anyway, we're glad you're here this morning. And good to have my, uh, my son and his wife. In this, they were here in the service. I have no idea where they went to. They've heard Dad preach enough, so, you know, hey, uh, I, I don't blame them. <laughs> Love is a feeling of, of deep affection. Um, it, it is the central theme in Scripture and Christian theology and ethics. Um, love defines our relationship with God and dictates how we should treat others. Love is more than an emotion. It evokes a response of endearment that reaches out of the heart and responds with acts of service and devotion without anything in return. Divine love is seen in God because that is the essence of who he is. John said in John 1, 1 John 4, 8, anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. He is the standard whereby love is defined. The first overture of love came from God, not from man. 
The Roman writer Paul tells us, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So love this morning is who he is. And love is who he will always be. It's not his character. It's not just his character, not just his emotions. It's not really his attribute. It's who he is. God is love. And his love was on full display when he chose to transcend heaven and become a human child, a child that was vulnerable and innocent, a child dependent on his own humanity or on his own creation for life, living in a world that despised him, Isaiah told us, despised him, rejected him, all because he loved us. And David described it as a love, he calls it hased, which was a steadfast love. You ever done any study on that word? It's an incredible word as we find it in the, he, the Hebrew root of said in Scripture. And it's a steadfast love, a love that is solid, that is faithful, that is unending, that regardless of what goes on in our lives and what we've been through, even when we rejected Christ, when we shouldn't have, there was a steadfast love that was always there. His love is on full display when he came to us from heaven. From this story that I read in Luke chapter 1, we see the love of God in several ways. And again, I'm a preacher, so there are just three of them I'm going to talk to you about this morning. There are three different aspects of love in this story of Jesus' birth. And so I want us to look at them. First of all, if you will, examine we verse 31. Because in that verse, we see um, that his deity took on humanity. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Of course, this was the incarnation of God. He took on human nature and became fully God and fully man at the same time. You know, it's very good when you're, when you're writing a sermon, make sure that your, your, your personal theology is correct. He did not lay aside his, his deity to became, become a man. He was still fully God and fully man. This theological mystery is encapsulated in the opening verses of the Gospel of John when it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh, and it dwelt among us. Maybe one of the greatest verses in all of, of, of Scripture, this wonderful verse where he talks about the Word becoming flesh. But the question's got to be answered this morning. Why? would the supreme deity take on flesh that had been corrupted with sin? There are several different reasons. One, I believe, was for redemption and atonement. Because in becoming human, Jesus could identify with the human experience, including suffering and temptation. He could, he could, he could come face to face with it firsthand. This allowed him to offer himself as a perfect and sinless sacrifice for our sins. The Apostle Paul eloquently expressed this in the letter to the Romans when he said, for while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. The incarnation paved the way for Jesus' crucifixion and ultimately the redemption of all mankind. So the supreme deity took on flesh that was corrupted with sin for our redemption and for our atonement. 
Secondly, for as a revelation of who God's nature is, or God's nature. This was how God fully expressed his love through this, his incarnation. He expressed it in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus, he, he, he could transcend his throne. He came to where we were to experience temptation and suffering as we do. And so the incarnation paved the way for Jesus, for his crucifixion, and ultimately the redemption of humankind. In the person of Jesus, we could see God's love in action as he healed the sick, as he raised the dead, as he overcame temptation, as he conquered death. In the Gospel of John, Jesus declares, whoever has seen me has also seen the Father. Through his life, through his ministry, Jesus revealed the Father's love for humanity. And that was in his desire for reconciliation. He came to reconcile himself to us and for his willingness to extend to us grace and forgiveness to all who would believe. He came as a revelation of the nature of who God is. I become deeply disturbed by those that look at the Old Testament and, look at the, and choose to look at the God, his, the, the God, his nature, the God of the Old Testament in a different way than we see the God of the New Testament. Because the God of the Old Testament chose to come to show us who he really is when he came to this earth in the form of Jesus so that he could suffer and, 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 and bleed and be tempted the way that we were, literally all the way, obviously, to his death on Calvary. Not only did he take on flesh for redemption and atonement of mankind and as a re revelation of God's nature. Third, he came as an example of righteousness and holiness. You see, the incarnation shows that holiness, folks, is attainable. And Christians are called to emulate Christ's life of love, his, his life of compassion and obedience. In fact, in 1 Peter 2.21... Peter writes, for to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. Jesus overcame temptation. Jesus lived a sinful, sinless life and demonstrated for us how to live according to the will of God. So he came as an example of righteousness and holiness. He overcame temptation. He lived a simple life. And he came to show us that we can live as God would want us to live. Amen? That we can submit to the will of God as he did all the way to Calvary. And so, first of all, we see in this story his deity took on humanity. Next, he showed his love to us through his regal authority because in verses 32 and 33, we see that he, that he showed his kingdom will, will, will be an everlasting kingdom, second. That his kingdom came to this earth and that kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over, his, over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. The writer Philip Betancourt said, The kingdom of God 
is in essence God's redemptive reign. The kingdom of God is in essence God's redemptive reign. I want to remind us today that he loved us so much that he came to establish his kingdom in the heart of every believer. He came to establish his kingdom in your life and in my life. We're kingdom people. We have a great responsibility to respond to God's great and wonderful kingdom that he has established within the heart of every believer that's here. I don't know about you, but I take it very seriously. I believe that God has, has placed within me his Holy Spirit so that, that, I can, that I can duplicate or continue the kingdom of God in my life. So he loved us so much that he came to establish his kingdom, and he did it in the hearts of believers. But how did he relate to that kingdom? Well, first of all, it's simple. He was the kingdom. He is the kingdom. You see, where the king is, there the kingdom is. This is precisely why Jesus says to the Pharisees, the kingdom of God is right here in the midst of you. They didn't get it. They didn't understand that he was talking about himself, but he was making it very clear to them. The kingdom of God is in the midst of you. You see, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, the kingdom of God, as I've already said, dwells within the hearts of men and women. He was the kingdom. Secondly, he demonstrated the kingdom. Jesus said to the Pharisees, if it is by the finger of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Luke chapter 11, verse 20. He showed his power over all spirits that inhabited the celestial atmosphere. In other words, he was in control. And again this morning, I remind you, as we look around us at the darkness at times of this world that we live in, we serve a sovereign God. This kingdom that the United States of America has set up and all other, quote, kingdoms that are around the world are one day going to come crashing to, to, to their defeat and their ultimate demise. But I'm glad to tell you this morning that the kingdom of God is everlasting and it will never fail. He was the kingdom. He demonstrated the kingdom. And third, he purchases the kingdom. He purchased it. His blood that was poured out of Calvary became the atonement or the purchase for the redemption of all humanity. Jesus, folks, defeated sin, death, and Satan by his death and through his resurrection. Paul said in Colossians chapter 2, by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Through his death and through his resurrection, he purchased our salvation through his blood on Calvary. And so tonight we come to celebrate that communion time, to be reminded of that, that the purchase, the price of, of Christ's death on Calvary for the remission of our sins. Not only did he take on flesh for the redemption and atonement of mankind and as a revelation of God's nature, but last I find, he became flesh to show us his holiness in humanity. Look at verse 35. And the angel answered her, 
the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Peter wrote this in 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16. He said, but as he who has called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. I want to remind you that he came to show us his holiness in the midst of his fleshliness. He came to show us that we can be holy, that we can live holy lives. Holiness, first of all, is separateness. It's separateness. David Guzik said, the main idea behind holiness is not moral purity, but is the idea of apartness. The idea is that God is separate. He's different from his creation, both in his essential nature and in the perfection of his attributes. But instead of building a wall around his apartness, God calls us to come to him and to share his apartness. That's why he says to us, be ye holy, for I am holy. We are set apart. We are to be different. We are to stand out in, in, a, in a secular culture, folks. We must. If we're like Christ, our attitudes and our behaviors are going to be quite different than the world's attitudes and behaviors. And people will notice those attitudes and behaviors are separate from theirs. And I pray that they'll be attracted to Christ because of our lives, of us living holy and separate lives. We are to be holy. Salvation separates us from hedonism because we are new creatures in Christ. So holiness first is separation. Secondly, it's Christ-likeness. Romans 8, 29 tells us that we are predestined to conform to the image of Christ. Paul said in Corinthians 15, just as we have, been, have, have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. You see, one day, our resurrected bodies will take on the image of, of, of the heavenly man. Living as he, as he lived will culminate in being like him. And because of his great love for us, he came to demonstrate his holiness in us so that we can see what holiness looked like in the flesh. Be ye holy, as I am holy, saith the Lord. I remind you this morning that you can't live a holy life in your own strength or in your own power. It must be by the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit that resides within the temple, God's temple, us, and through that, we can live a sinless life. But it's only through his spirit. It's only through him filling our lives with his presence. In conclusion, I, I, I saw this, and I thought I'd share it with you this morning. St. Augustine of Hippo said, Man's maker was made man that he, the ruler of the stars, might nurse at his mother's breast, that the bread might hunger, the fountain thirst, the light sleep, the way be tired on its journey, that truth might be accused of false witness, the teacher be beaten with whips, 
the foundation be suspended on wood, that strength might grow weak, that the healer might be wounded, that life might die. Friends, that's love. That's love. He came in the flesh to dwell among us. Not only dwell among us, but to show us that we can live holy, righteous lives. That we can be obedient to the Father. Amen? That we can live an abundant life. A sinless life, folks. A sinless life. Timothy said, Great indeed, we confess, is the mystery of godliness. Because he was manifested in the flesh, vindicated by the Spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, and then taken up into glory. Timothy encapsulates it so beautifully. 1 Timothy 3.16. I'm so thankful this morning that love came. That love came in the form of humanity. God transcended the heavens to come to us, to live among us, to experience what we're experiencing this morning. No, I, I guarantee he, he had the 100-day cough. Somebody said this thing's a 100-day cough. I'm, I'm starting to agree with them. I started in October. I'm still coughing. He maybe had that. I don't know. Was it around then? I have no idea. He suffered the things that we suffer. He was tempted in all points as man, yet without sin. And that love is what Christmas is all about. Amen. And that's what this, this today, of course, tomorrow, ultimately, in our Christian calendar represents. I'm looking forward to sharing that love with my family. And we've all had an opportunity to share it with others. I hope that you've done that um, and that you're, you've given more than just to your family. And that's, of course, the most important, I believe. But you found others that are around you that, that, that need um, assistance. If you haven't done that, um, you can mark it in your envelope, and we'll make sure that it gets to somebody like that. If you don't know of anybody personally like that, we will make sure that it gets there. We've helped some kids right on our bus that live in, live in a hotel and, and um, a single mom, and we were able to reach out to them, and we've reached out to others. And so I just encourage you to do that and uh, to give, and God will bless. Amen. I pray that uh, the rest of this day and tomorrow is just a wonderful time of sharing your love with one another, the wonderful love of God. Amen? Amen. I want us to stand. I, uh, last uh, Sunday night, I gave out um, to those that have been faithful here as, as um, um, volunteers at our church, and uh, I know I missed a few, and I was sad about that. Now, some of you, I, you weren't there. I didn't miss you, and so I'll make sure I catch you with your, your gift after the service. But uh, I'm so thankful for our security guys, and sometimes they can be overlooked, all right? because they're usually back there. In fact, they are, and we're glad that they're there. And I think right now there's just two, and that would be Darren and Alan. And I don't see um, Darren here this morning, but I know that Alan is. And so uh, thank you, Alan. I don't, I'm not going to make you come up here. I'm just going to publicly uh, let you know, and you can give this to Darren. I think they're probably gone. But thank you for all that you do. And I'm sure we missed somebody, and it surely wasn't on purpose by any means. 
but we're so thankful for all you that put so much effort and time into um, this church to make it what it is. You're a blessing to me as pastor. You're a blessing to your fellow believers. And so thank you so much for all that you do. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for what it means in our lives. I pray, Lord, that you'll give traveling mercies to everyone as they go, and those that come back tonight, and those that will be traveling throughout the holidays. Keep your hand upon them. And those that are not feeling well, we pray for a touch on their lives. Go with us, Lord. Bring us back this evening tonight um, to once again worship you. In Christ's name, amen. God bless you.